2: Hello and welcome to The Offside Rule. It's Lindsay Hooper and alongside me, it's Super Sky Sports News anchor Hayley McQueen. Hello, Hayley. I love I love
1: these introductions. It's a highlight of my week. Thanks, Linds.
2: We'll keep them coming. They're not going to stop all the way through till Christmas. <laughs> And then when we suffer from sad in January, it might just be a bit oh, yeah. more low key. Yeah, yeah. And returning to be reunited with Haley and I for her second appearance on the show, it's sports broadcaster and Soccer Saturday veteran. Am I allowed to call you that, Bianca Westwood? Well, that makes me
0: sound old. So I'm not. I'm not quite sure. I'm happy with this introduction. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, I'll take it. It, it means experience, doesn't it? That's it means it. experience.
2: I mean, how many years is it?
0: Oh my god, I've been at Sky for 20 years and I've been reporting for 10 of those. So wow. yeah, I guess I guess that does
2: make me a veteran. You since you were 12, wasn't it B?
0: <laughs> Sky since yeah, you were 12. Yeah, exactly. I was a child <laughs> prodigy.
2: Yeah. It's lovely seeing your relationship as well with Jeff Stelling. I'm I love the videos, the ones that you put on on Instagram and TikTok, the Mm -hmm. ones that I know he will never see.
0: That's the best thing about it. That's why it makes me laugh so much when I do them because he has no idea. So I can just take the mick out of him and he just doesn't have a clue. So it's brilliant. Everyone. What has been it. a
2: recent highlight of one of those?
0: Oh, I know. I did one where I used Stormzy when he couldn't get his words out. So basically I was saying when I hit Jeff with a killer comeback and uh, Stormzy is kind of like trying to get his words out, but he gets all tongue tied. But it's very rare that I get Jeff like that. Um, But when I do, it it feels very, very sweet because he always gets the last word because obviously it cuts back to the studio and he can say whatever he wants and it never cuts back to me. So it's really unfair.
2: You might be the only one, you know, because he's so unflappable.
0: But I know. I've got of him occasions. a few times. Yeah, I have yeah, got yeah, him yeah.
2: a few times.
0: Um, but I'm definitely getting him every week with these reels. So I'm going to continue doing them.
2: I'll look forward to watching more of those. Um, <laughs> the big news this week for both of you to digest as well. And Hayley, you <laughs> went on air straight after this happened. Steve Bruce departing Newcastle. Gosh, yeah. The line, you can tell us more about this, Hayley, but the line was mutual consent. However, mm. I know for the fact that there was an eight million pound payoff that I'm sure Steve Bruce had to be sacked in order to get that.
1: Yeah. And do you know what? He said he might just retire now. He's taken a lot of stick. And let's just remember, the guy's a Newcastle United fan. Of course he is. And he's got family and friends who support, you know, their beloved Newcastle United. They've hated seeing what's happened to, you know, their club the last 14 years that Mike Ashley's been in charge. I mean, they hate Mike Ashley. But at the end of the day, um, it must be tough to hear your own fans, your own people call you all sorts of names and just have to tolerate that level of abuse and he came out afterwards didn't he and said you know it's not just affected me but it's affected my whole family he said thank goodness my parents aren't still alive because you know his dad was the biggest Newcastle United fan going his dream was always to see his son play for them and manage them and to have seen what's happened to him, the way that the fans have treated him and what they've said, I, I personally think it's been over the top and very unfair.
2: He has actually said, Bianca, that he might not go on to manage again. Uh, do you think, though, it's as easy as that, as you just look at the bank balance and think, well, I can live, that's fine? Or is there's an addictive nature to some of these football managers, mm. as, as you've mm. experienced, I'm sure, speaking to some?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, if someone gave me £8 million, I don't think I'd <laughs> rock up at Sky on Saturday. <laughs> But um, I don't know. There's something very different about football managers. It's inherent and it is addictive. Once they have that that bug, they just can't not go back. Um, I mean, Neil Warnock is a prime example. Every time you think that's the last job for him, you know he's like a, a phoenix rising from the ashes. Um, and I do think it's unfair what Steve Bruce had to put up with but he didn't walk away he could have he could have left if it was that bad so I'm in two minds about it I feel for him as a as a person as a man I know he's a good guy Um, but there is that side of it if it was truly that bad he would have just left but I think that eight million pound was probably enticing him just to stay Mm -hmm. on just that little bit longer but I, I do think that he took that he carried the can for their hatred of Mike Ashley. And it was really unfair because if you Mm. look at the record between Steve Bruce and Rafa Benitez, who they all loved up there, um, over two full seasons, they both had the same number of points. I think Rafa had just one more win than Steve Bruce. Uh, Goals scored. It was very close. I think Bruce, um, the team scored 84 under him and Rafa 81. So, I'm not really sure why they just didn't not take to Steve Bruce when they, you know, Rafa had the same numbers as him. But um I'm just pleased for for Steve that he's he's got his payout and he can enjoy a little bit of a retirement before no doubt another club will come calling and he will go back into management. Mm. I'm pretty sure of that.
2: Before we get into the show then, who do you think will replace him? Hayley, you probably got the intel in terms of favourites and who's who's leading the the bookmakers at the moment. Uh, and who do you think should because that might actually be a different answer. At the moment
1: there's a Roma manager Paulo Fonseca who's apparently having talks with Newcastle over this uh, next week. Other names being linked, Eddie Howe, and I think that's probably because he's got Premier League experience. You do feel that Newcastle United as a club are going to need a manager who's got Experience of this league, particularly with trying to keep teams up, because when you look at where they are in a table, they're in a perilous position. They're not going to want a side in the championship next season, are they? They are also looking at Lucien Favre as well as an option. Um, But again, um, uh, yes, these are big names who've who've, you know achieved big things in Europe. But coming to the northeast of England is a whole different ball game, and Mm. trying to keep a team up at the bottom of the Premier League is a whole different different struggle altogether.
2: What do you reckon, Bianca? Uh,
0: this is a really difficult one because although Eddie Howe does have experience, I just don't know if the Newcastle fans... I don't know if that's mm. a sexy enough name. Um, no disrespect mm. to, to, to Eddie because he did a fantastic job at Bournemouth. We all know um, what he did taking them from you know the brink of destruction, um, falling out of the league to the Premier League. It, it was a wonderful achievement. Um, but I think they're going to want a name that mirrors the ambitions of this new mm. ownership someone you know it's it's usually someone from you know a, a foreign land somewhere fonseca probably would would be up there he's out of work at the moment so he's available right now I also thought of someone like um, Roberto Mancini because mm. he's been there, seen it and done it. He he did it with Manchester City and it's a very similar scenario, isn't it? They've taken them mm. from, you know, obscurity to the top of the table um, and, and, and now they're a massive club. He's done it before. Um, yeah. He's, yeah, he's likewise. Worked, I I thought with the big Conte players. for that reason. Yeah, he he would be great as well. But he's worked with those big players, and mm. also he he needs to get the players working because, as Hayley said, they're they're on the brink, aren't they? And and someone needs to turn this situation around right now.
1: Do you know another Roberto um, Roberto Martinez as well? Whether he'd leave the job as Belgian national manager with a, another mm. major tournament so close, just being next winter, of course, with the World Cup. But I think he'd be a fabulous appointment. And think of the names that respect him so much. You've got to think of yes. Money talks, but also not everyone's going to want to sign for Newcastle United, no no matter how much money you offer them. You've got to want to play for the manager. You've got to want to live in the northeast of England. You've got to want to be up there battling um, and working on a project. You're not going to be guaranteed European football for quite some time. So you're going to need a manager who's a big enough name, who's respected enough to try and bring these big names who are going to want to do it week in, week out.
0: That's it. And you're not even guaranteed Premier League football
1: No, because they could
0: very easily go down. I mean, they're going to probably have millions and millions to spend in January. But the kind of players that move um, during that window are not always the ones that are going to get into a dogfight with you. Mm. So
2: it's a really difficult one, but it'll be so interesting to see how it pans out. It's so true. I sense a few topics coming up on this show about Newcastle mm-hmm. and all events in the Northeast over the next few weeks. Uh, but today we're talking about other things. So, coming up on the show, we talk Ballon d'Or and the sensational Mo Salah. We're also getting our Duolingo apps out to compete with some of the finest mm-hmm. linguists in football after Romelu Lukaku impressed with his language skills. And finally, we're going to chat about TV shirt sponsorships. And mm-hmm. we're going to go for, for places from programs, from TV series, films, fictional places and uh, and put them on the front of some shirts. So we'll do that coming up a bit later. But first, let's chat Ballon d'Or. OK, ladies, well, Mohamed Salah, it seems like he's a certain pick at the moment for this year's Ballon d'Or, especially given the wonder goal that he scored against Watford. But what players do you think can push him all the way to the crown? Um I I first of all want to start by saying I don't think that the Ballon d'Or list necessarily needs to be this long. Do you not think it would be better if it was a short list of about six to eight names? It would definitely make it
1: easier, wouldn't it? But then again... If you're one of the players that I've picked, I think you're just happy to be in a list and you wouldn't have made it to a six to eight. And because there are so many English players and quite a lot of young players as well, we're seeing the future here in this list. I'm quite enjoying the fact that there are some sort of names in there that you'd never think would maybe win the Ballon d'Or, but give them a bit of a boost um, to just be up there listed with, with some of these
2: greats of the game right now. I've counted through 14 of the players on this list, this very long list, um, play in the Premier League. Let's see who you've gone for then. Bianca, you go first.
0: I understand why you're saying Mo Salah is the certain pick. And it's hard to argue there's anyone better than him right now. Uh, He scored in his ninth consecutive game for Liverpool in the Champions League victory over Atletico Madrid. He's doing it in the Premier League. You know, he's scoring goals left, right and centre. The way he plays is just pure poetry. His vision, balance, the way he dribbles out of tight areas, scores goals from impossible situations and angles, picks out passes. Yeah, he's on a different plane. But when it comes to the Ballon d'Or, I think the form needs to be the entirety of the year, doesn't it? I don't think the last two months is quite enough to win that um, trophy. Plus, he hasn't picked up any trophies in the last nine months as well. So that would... That's what makes me think that perhaps he isn't the, the man who's going to win it. So I'm going to go for the easiest pick, the most easiest and obvious option, and that is Messi. Because this year he scored 40-odd goals, 14 assists. He's won the Copper America and the Copa del Rey. If you thought he was going to just go to the easy league in France, the Farmers League, um, and just coast there... I think he's put an end to any of those doubts because although it was a slow-ish start by his own standards, he's really started firing again, hasn't he? His goal against Man City, that was peak Messi. He can still kill it at the highest level. Another immense performance midweek against RB Leipzig um, and that he capped the win with that outrageous Panenka penalty. You just can't top that. <laughs> he's still the man to, to beat in my eyes. Uh, I do feel a little bit sorry for Robert Lewandowski, he should have won it last season when it was cancelled. He's had the best two seasons of his career, you know, won the Bundesliga Club World Cup, DFL Super Cup. But unfortunately, I still think Messi is the number one guy.
2: And if Messi does get it, that will be a seventh Ballon d'Or for him. And it'd put him too clear of his arch nemesis, <laughs> as we like to propose them to be in Ronaldo. Um, Haley, who have you got? Well, because I...
1: I think it is a bit of a no-brain. I do think it is going to be messy. It'd be nice if it was maybe Mo Salah. There are a few other names up there in terms of big names. I actually just wanted to give a little bit of a shout-out to some of the players that have appeared on this list that I wasn't expecting, but I think great on Mason Mount. I think it's going to help with his uh, new contract negotiations as well. And it's been so lovely to hear him being interviewed about this and just absolutely gushing about how proud he is. Um... But I just think when you looked at that game where Mount was 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 missing against Manchester City and just, and Juventus as well, of course, when he didn't play in those games, it just highlighted how important he is when he's in the team. It's when you take him out of the team, you realise just how influential he is. Um, he's obviously won trophies. He's the highest ranked member of Gareth Southgate's squad in this year's Ballon d'Or list. I mean, he's had an absolutely... Great year, hasn't he? He's thoroughly enjoyed playing for England. He doesn't really hog the headlines at international level um, and is very much eclipsed by lots more of these, you know, big names, not just in Europe, but at at Chelsea as well. But I just think for a 22-year-old to be up there named... Along with some of the best players in the world, I just think says says a lot about what we're going to see to come from Mason Mount. I think it's really nice to see so many young players on this list. It's like, great, we've had Messi and Ronaldo for so long, battling it out. What about the future? Let's look to the future.
2: In what has been a really unusual year, because you're right, Bianca, in what you say about looking not just past the last few months when it's fresh in your memory, but looking back over the the whole the whole year of football. But there are some circumstances that sometimes just mean that it goes beyond what happens on the pitch and and football. It goes into captaincy and how someone can just read a moment and do exactly the right thing. And that happened with Simon Kaya, didn't it, at um, the Euros for Denmark as Denmark captain when, when Ericsson collapsed. And I think the Euro 2020 tournament could be key in this decision as well. But also, you know, he's been playing really well at Milan. Do you think someone like him should be considered or do you think it should absolutely just be about numbers and who's performed the best?
0: I think when they usually go for a name, it is about that. It's about those numbers. It's about um, individual performances, obviously, but it's also about what you achieve with the team and being able to drag your team to victory when all seems lost, that those are usually the types of players um, that that win the Ballon d'Or. And, and also players that break records that you feel like will, will probably never be broken. I mean, Lewandowski beat Muller's record last season. and um, With Ronaldo, I mean, he's still not out of the, the race as well. His agent um, has been sort of shouting about how he should be winning it this this time around, because of what he's managed to achieve. He's, He's the record holder in the history of men's international football, scoring a total of 115 goals for the Portuguese national team. I mean, those are things that will probably never be seen again. And I think that's always what they have in their minds when they pick a name. It's not just, did you have a good tournament or did you Have you had a good few months scoring goals? Did you score a wonder goal? That's what the Pushkas Award is for. These are for for names that go above and beyond what a normal footballer can achieve.
2: On that basis, I'm going to pitch in with Jorginho as well. Um, I don't think we can overlook Jorginho this season because he's the only one on this list who's won the Champions League and is a Euro 2020 winner as well. So he's got the most trophies in his cabinet um, after this year, played every minute of Chelsea's Champions League knockout games apart from the last 16 leg against Atletico Madrid because he was suspended for that one and then played all but 15 minutes of Italy's Euro 2020 winning campaign. He's already been voted the Men's Player of the Year for UEFA, lifted the Super Cup as well with Chelsea. So I think we should add him into the mix into the top six. But we we seem to have about half a dozen names there that, that we're happy can contend and uh, luckily I I presume that neither of you are one of the 180 journalists choosing. Uh, No, No, not that important. No, (laughs) no, no (laughs) No, neither are Um,
1: we. Someone that I do want to mention, it's another youngster as well, and we completely missed a trick when we chatted on the podcast last week, didn't we, Lindsay? Bianca missed this one. We were looking at superheroes and superhero movies and kind of comparing them to different footballers, and we were trying to think of someone who could be Thor. Erling Haaland, absolute no-brainer. Someone (laughs) tweeted that to me, and I was like, actually... This is a kid. He's 21 years old. And and during this September international break, he scored five goals in three World Cup qualification games. His stats are outstanding. Unfortunately, he's been injured. So that's been a bit of a blow to him. But... 18 goals in 16 games in all competitions this season so far. That includes the World Cup qualifiers. He scored in the Champions League consistently. He scored in the Bundesliga, the German Cup. I think he is going to win a Ballon d'Or in the future, maybe just not this year. But his assist Mm. stats are up there as well. Incredible. He's a generation-defining talent as well. He's obviously one of the most coveted young talents I'm hoping that he might come and sign for Manchester United um, one of these days. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But I just think what he could produce over here in the Premier League, and he's done it consistently as well. He's played for for, three different clubs, Okay, And he's been up there consistently doing what he's doing for three clubs like consecutively he's a bit of a ronaldo rewind sort of 15 20 years he's probably and better blonde. than
0: ronaldo was though at, at his that age,
1: age. Yeah. yeah
0: he's abs- he's a joke he's absolutely ridiculous you're right and i think you could just see him with you know, a mask and a cape as well. He does look mm-hmm. like a superhero. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, and he's
1: big hammer. Yeah, and look, these three different clubs he's been at in different countries as well, and adapting mm. to playing at the elite level And three different. I mean, yeah, he's outstanding. Mm-hmm. Really, I would quite like to see him win it, but um he's got plenty of time. He to will do. That do. In the future. I'm sorry
0: to say it though, Haley. I see him in Sky Blue. I'm afraid.
2: <laughs> Don't rile her up, <laughs> Bianca. Uh, <laughs> We're not going to ignore either the fact that there is a women's ballon d'or. We have the Athletic Women's Football Show where we've been discussing some of those nominees on there. So do check out that show. Um, seven players who play in WSL are nominated. Not quite as long a list uh, as the men's version, but still quite a few names on there. Uh, we will move on, though. I can't speak. Next up, it's linguistic footballers. This week, you might have seen this, a UEFA document for media revealed how many languages Chelsea's Romelu Lukaku speaks. And there's a gap at the end where in brackets they put every single language they couldn't even all fit on the page. So is he the most linguistically talented footballer in the world? Eight languages for him. Uh, What other footballers have been known for their language skills? Uh, Bianca, you do a lot of interviews. We'll start with you.
0: Well, I learned something new yesterday looking into this
2: obviously, if there were Ballon
0: d'Ors for languages, he'd win hands down, wouldn't he? But they actually missed um, a language because he speaks Bantu as well, which what? is uh, Congolese. That's where his parents are from. So okay. it's nine, which uh, is it, which makes him a hyperpolyglot. So if you can speak <laughs> six languages or more, that's what you are called a hyperpolyglot. I'm only bilingual. Um, I've got two languages in my locker. What's but, your other so language, Bianca? French. I did my <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a dialect and an accent ha- Hayley that's but true, yeah you're right yeah. I do have rhyming slang in my locker as well and mm. if, if I busted that out you probably wouldn't know what I was talking about um but yeah Rom- so Romelu's got French German English Spanish Dutch Flemish Italian Portuguese and Lingala which is that Bantu language I was talking
2: about um I mean it's hilarious I have inferiority syndrome here I can only speak one language <laughs> And know, we're not and going to include that so country in there.
0: He's so young as well. Yeah. But speaking of only speaking one language, Lindsay, I mean this isn't a dig at you. But what made me laugh was all the British players on that list could only speak English. There God. there wasn't a single British player that could speak another language. And Don't Gareth get me started Bale, on that
2: though, B. I think that's all part of the the education system though, as well, isn't it? Oh that yes, we, completely. I mean, yeah. But
0: but Gareth Bale, I was 14
2: after, when I got a chance to do anything. Yeah, go on. Yeah.
0: I started learning French at eleven, and the only reason I carried it on was because I, I wanted to have a year abroad in France. But anyway, that's another story. But Gareth Bale, after eight years in Spain, surely he should be speaking the language fluently by what? now. Apart from Don de el Campo de Golf, he doesn't <laughs> oh. speak another word of Spanish, Not which is incredible. No, cuatro. <laughs> I don't know if they say that. I don't know if they say that. Gola, gola, gola,
1: gola, 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 (laughs)
0: gola. That's about it. That's about it. But um, having...
1: my My friend Kay moved to Madrid not speaking a word of Spanish. And by the time she left six years later she was presenting on the Spanish mm. Real Madrid TV channel in fluent spanish presenting that's can you imagine that's, no, that
0: that's unbelievable that's i mean it's such wow. a, a fantastic skill and it is mm. you have to really live there to be able to you know master it because even now like i, I studied french for years but I, i'm still pretty rusty because i don't I never get to practice with anybody. Um, But in in terms of other players, I mean, Henrik Mkhitaryan, he's Armenian. He speaks... Mm. I know he speaks seven languages, but now he's at Roma. That's probably eight. So Armenian, Russian, Ukrainian, English, French, Portuguese, German. Um, His manager... Jose Mourinho, he probably speaks quite a few languages now because he's been Mm -hmm. everywhere, knows how to alienate players in several different languages, (laughs) including Portuguese, English, French, Catalan and Spanish. So, uh, yeah.
2: Can add in body language to that one as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Arms folded, arms crossed in in the dugout looking miserable. The uh, international Mm.
2: language of football manager. I remember being really surprised when I spoke to Petr Cech When he'd moved from Chelsea to Arsenal, and in one of the interviews that I was doing, he was telling me about how he was communicating with all the other players. He used to speak Spanish to Hector Bellerin and Nacho Monreal when they were there. Koscielny, he'd speak to him in French. Um, But he speaks Czech, English, French, German, Spanish. Um, So he's another player Mm. that's multilingual. Um, Hayley? Mm. Yeah, I was going to mention a couple of those,
1: including Henrik Mkhitaryan. That surprised me. I didn't realise that. But I love this when we talk about the English players who don't really speak many other languages or only English. When Gaza joined Lazio, so he actually famously turned up very early when he got to training on his first day and he spread 20 copies of Teach Yourself English around the dressing room instead of him going there to learn Italian but apparently it was it was received well and they all had a bit of a laugh about it and um he later also had to provide them with teach yourself Geordi for it to be of any use and apparently, that I is a true story with as well sometimes yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's quite funny when i was at manchester united i loved some of these unlikely friendships patrice evra and jisung park were literally joined at the hip everywhere one went the other one went i remember being in town and having a wander around the shops in Manchester and seeing them together. They would literally be sat together on the team bus. They would share a room together. I have a great picture. I might pop it back up on Twitter again. We're at the player of the year awards and they're both sat next to each other on a couch in the player's lounge before we all head out into the room and the stage to be, you know, going through the nominees and stuff. And they're sat next to each other on their phones. And I kind of joke that, oh, they're, they're texting each other right now, um, translating what each other's saying, but yeah, uh, Patrice helped Jisung Park learn French. She just learned Dutch as well, having played in Holland. And um, Patrice Evra actually um, learned to speak Korean, which is crazy, wow. but brilliant. <laughs>
2: Quality. For people who are screaming as well, awesome Wenger, we all know that he speaks loads of languages. Yes, we all oh. do know. I'm sure mm. that's part of the reason why he's now at FIFA, because they love someone who can speak lots of languages. Um, mm. Six in total for him. Um, if the arrogance of Zlatan Ibrahimović really annoys you, oh. because he already thinks enough of himself, not only can he speak six languages, which are Swedish, Bosnian, French, Spanish, Italian and English, you can add to that as well. He can do sign language and he understands understands oh. Braille which wow. is fantastic wow. and that really shocked me about him can you can I can't mm. imagine that he'd invest that time oh. but he has well so he wants any to more. tell everybody the, he's brilliant yeah.
0: in every single language doesn't he he does he yeah. wants to tell everyone he's the <laughs> that's, lion that's true
2: <laughs>
1: Who said of the dance? I mean, Sven- this is
0: really, uh, it's, I know. It's, it's admirable, isn't it? I'm a bit jealous, I have to say. It is, it
1: is. You look at Sven Joran Eriksson, he speaks five languages. And I was trying to look at which languages these were. I was like, one of them's got to be the language of love. Hey, ladies. Oh, God.
2: <laughs> oh. Don't put that image in my mind, That was please. some years ago. <laughs> I hope. Hmm. Um, right, we'll leave that one there on that on that bombshell note, Hayley. Um, you are listening to The Offside Rule with myself, Lindsay Hooper, Hayley McQueen and Bianca Westwood. Next, we move on to TV-inspired sponsorship. Hayley, this one is right up your street, I know. Hearts revealing a limited edition shirt sponsorship with a fictional media company, Waystar Royco, from the TV show Succession, one that I've just started. I've just started to do. Um, The stunt is part of Hart's existing partnership with Sky, and it got producer Flo thinking about some other companies Mm. from TV shows, books, or fictional characters Mm -hmm. that could sponsor football teams. Now, because I know you will have been rubbing your hands together when you saw this topic, Hayley, Mm -hmm. we'll unleash you first. Okay. Well, I've taken
1: it quite literally in that I have looked at various series on, on either Netflix or Amazon or Sky that I really love. And basically the series are going to sponsor. So like, you know, if you've got friends, they might sponsor Manchester United because they're all friends and love each other. No, they don't really. Um, but I've, I've looked, have you guys watched Money Heist yet? No. Yes. Well, so I, I've got Money Heist down as a potential sponsor of Newcastle United but when I was thinking I was like actually no Ricky Gervais and Afterlife which is an incredible series Afterlife and Ricky Gervais sponsoring Newcastle United there you go and he's a big name he's very he's very hollywood but I think yeah so money heist I had down as they could have sponsored Newcastle United under Mike Ashley, because it's an unusual group of bank robbers carrying out the perfect robbery. And this is in Spanish as well. They steal 2.4 billion euros from the Royal Mint of Spain. Well, that's Mike Ashley, isn't it? Taking all the money out of Newcastle United. So that's what I had
2: that down as. I've got a Newcastle one and it's from my favourite TV show for some time. I used to love and indulge myself so much with The Good Wife. If ever you've seen it, it's a legal drama, but it was, I love that. And it was, it was interspersed as well with her life, wasn't it? And, um, Mm. and, and the firm name in this show, Bianca, you may recall, was Lockhart Gardner. And I think for a legal firm, I think Newcastle could do with one of those right now. We've already seen the Premier League come together and stop them from all these new sponsorship deals. Uh, They're going to have quite a few bits of legislation, I think, put against them over a course of time. So I think Lockhart Gardner from The Good Wife should sponsor Newcastle.
0: Well, I think Newcastle obviously really inspirational because I've gone with them as well. And partly because those Premier League teams that voted to suspend the sponsorship deals affiliated with their owners. So I'm pretty sure sponsors will still be queuing up. They don't need to be sort of Saudi-based. Um, and I think Bobby Axelrod from another Sky show called Billions would be a good fit for Newcastle. Yes. Bobby Axelrod was worth 20 odd billion. He's got money to burn. He's successful. He's enigmatic, slightly shady. He sails close to the wind in business. His morals are somewhat questionable and Mm. he lives and loves to win. So I think he would be perfect for Newcastle.
2: We've spoken about him already. Messi, known as the magician, that got me thinking, Hogwarts, Harry Potter. Um, you can just see that on the front of the PSG shirts because mm. we've got two brands there. We've got a brand like PSG that doesn't need any more money or publicity, and a franchise like Harry Potter that doesn't need any more publicity either. <laughs> so I thought they were a perfect fit.
1: Huh. I have got Central Perk, the coffee shop, from Friends as sponsoring Scunthorpe because they're bottom of League Two and they definitely need a a shot of coffee and a few (laughs) extra friends to help them along, not drop out of the football league altogether. What about the Rosebud Motel, also known as the Creek Motel? They're going to sponsor Derby County. Do you know why? Because it's the motel (laughs) in Schitt's Creek.
3: spelled S-E-H-I-T-T-S.
1: It is absolutely gene. gene I just love the show. I love everything about it. I just love, 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 love it. Um, What about um, Stranger Things? I love that series. I'm hoping they're going to have another one coming out. I was hoping it was going to be out this October for the kind of spooky season and heading into Christmas and winter. But I've just got the TV series as a whole and maybe even Netflix um, sponsoring Barcelona because Stranger Things is about a young boy disappearing. And of course... Messi's disappeared from Barcelona. They're seventh in La Liga. They're absolutely struggling. They lost to Bayern Munich and Benfica in the Champions League. So it really is stranger things happening at Barcelona, isn't it?
2: Mm. Mm. Will, come on to any other business. I've got a Barcelona story Mm. in there because it might actually, for any Barca fans around the world, give them a little hope for the future. Mm. Um, There's a fictional borough which we know very well in the soap neighbours. What is it, ladies? Erinsborough. Yes, Erinsborough, (laughs) Bianca Westwood. Um, And I think with the Australian contingent at Arsenal Women, they could be on the front of Arsenal Women shirts.
1: I remember... In the 80s, when our our family friend Joe Jordan went to go and play for AC Milan, and us kids, so their kids, and me and my sister and brother, thought it was absolutely hilarious that he'd have been playing in a shirt sponsored by Poo Jeans. So it had Poo written across the top of the, (laughs) across the front of the jersey. It Uh, was P double O. P P double O H. So, yeah, uh, the sponsorship literally literally yet soiled a perfectly good shirt but as kids who kids are obsessed with poo aren't they Do you know, my, my little one is like oh stinky poo poo and she laughs um yeah kids obsessed with poo so we just thought it was the funniest thing in the world but yeah that was a bit strange bit strange
0: Peaky Blinders obviously either Birmingham or Aston Villa they could sponsor Blackpool mm. could be sponsored by Orange is the New Black Oh,
2: yeah. They that's, could. Cool. that's good. That's good. I that's dreamt good. up this one just for you, Bianca, as I know that you're a huge West Ham fan and you'll appreciate this one. In The Simpsons, we all know Duff Beer. So I've dissected this because the craft breweries in mm. London, most of them are in Bermondsey, Peckham, Hackney. So I thought Millwall. And then I thought that's perfect because for that section of fans, and it is just a section because I have been there and there's some lovely supporters at Millwall as well. But there are a section that boo when players take the knee, duff, beer, dough (laughs) for Homer Simpson, because that's what we all think about them. So I I thought I'd put that one in there for you, B absolutely well we've exhausted all the avenues there but if you have any fictional boroughs programs products that you'd like to associate with a football club let us know at offside rule pod on Twitter we always love to hear from you um any other business next? I'm going to kick things off with this one because I was watching Manchester City uh, in the Champions League this week and they were playing Club Brugge and on came Cole Palmer, this young midfielder, scored on his mm. Champions League debut and we love a one to watch, don't we Hayley, throughout the the offside rule, We've often picked out players and said they'll go on to do great things but what a talent and what a prospect Cole Palmer is in Manchester City. I wanted to start off by saying look out for him in the future. Hey, look out for Pats and Dacher as
1: well. Incredible four goals in that thrilling game for Leicester. He's just turned 23 years old and I think they've got an absolute bargain when they signed him for 20 odd million. Yes, um, he played for Real uh, Red Bull Salzburg and he was flying there, uh, quite literally. But I think he's going to be quite... Um, the player for Leicester. And obviously when Jamie Vardy finally hangs up his boots, you kind of wondered what would Leicester become? Well, the future is Pats and Dakar.
0: Bianca? Yeah, it was interesting to see Wolverhampton Wanderers this week getting themselves prepared for life-threatening situations. Um, At the request of the Wolves players, they held basic life support training um at their training ground this week because as as it says in the wolf's tweet you never know when these skills might be needed you have to be prepared and i think it's something that i mean i'm ashamed to say i've never learned how to do this i've seen the advert you know with vinnie jones staying alive um so if if the worst happened and i had to try to save somebody's life i i would use that um staying alive um treatment but I think it really is something that everybody should learn. Yeah. Doing yeah. the first aid, learning how to do the basics um, in life support. And it's brilliant that that Wolves and, and the players themselves actually took it upon themselves mm. to ask for that training because you never know. Like it happened in... Um, in the Euros as well with Christian Eriksen. You never know, and, and there's not always going to be a doctor around. So No, and it was the recently sh- with the, New-
2: the Newcastle fan Absolutely. as well, against Spurs, yeah. Yeah,
0: it, it it never ceases to amaze me, though, how there is always a doctor in the crowd, isn't there? Or on a flight, if somebody collapses and they say, is there a doctor on on the plane? And there, there usually is. Um, so it was, um, it was amazing scenes and it was fantastic that they managed to save this Newcastle supporter's life and apparently he's up and about so th- I'm so pleased yeah, to, really to hear news. that but it's yeah. something that we all need to learn so I'm going to make that one of those skills that I'm going to acquire this year
1: you could do a piece for it for Soccer Saturday Bianca that's what you should do and then all then you can tell all the fans you know think how many fans that would reach as well and then they would be able to yeah. learn how to do it there you go definitely go, that's a good go idea and do it. go and do I it don't... with one of the Wolves players
0: yeah yes, I don't mind kind of that I th- As long as it doesn't have to be Jeff, because I don't want to give him mouth to mouth. Oh, no, no. (laughs) No,
2: um, I promised you a Barcelona story. I think that I've identified how Barcelona are going to recoup some money going forwards. I don't know whether you mm-hmm. saw this story as well, but there's been a couple of occasions. So, teenage forward Fatty, who also scored in the Champions League, a brilliant goal this week, has signed a six-year Barcelona deal, and the buyout clause in it is one billion euros. <laughs> One billion euros. And then this 18 year old is wearing Messi's number 10 shirt now. His deal goes till 2027. They've clearly Mm. earmarked that this could be where they recoup some money. But not just him. This is a second player they've done it with. They also did it with Pedri, who's 18. Um, And once again, another one billion euro buyout. Is this how Barcelona are going to recoup the money and survive going forwards? Well, is anyone going to
0: buy those players for £1 No, absolutely not. That's ridiculous. You're tying tying yourself down. Someone bought Messi. Yeah, but what if Barcelona never regains their greatness like they were before? Yeah. Uh, And then this Ansu Fati stuck there. I mean, just ask Harry Kane how that's worked out for him.
1: (gasps) I know. Mm. Mine's just completely taking it down a tone and a level. Um, I'm looking at this amazing fan that went viral in Holland carrying 48 beers in one go did you see <laughs> I saw it
0: that, yeah yes.
1: fc20 supporter so he was he was captured holding five they're like kind of um surely paper, that's a world record right cardboard it's like i i know apparently not so he carried 48 beers right and it's it's like a little... You know when you go to like McDonald's or a takeaway and you get your sort of little square cards and you can fit your four drinks in there? Well, that, that's what it was like. Mm. And he had them all stacked up with these little... They weren't quite pints of beer. I think they might have been half pints. But anyway, he managed to carry them and didn't spill a single drop. Luckily, he did it when it wasn't sort of a key moment in the game. And he was found and someone interviewed him. And he was like, oh, he had to carry them through a passageway up some stairs. It all went <laughs> fine. He went, it's not a record though. My friend Jochen had managed in the past to carry 50 beers in. In one go oh, that's so there you go it's great um, how do
2: you measure that I mean it should be whether it's you know a busy moment you've got to get a crowd or a row mm. to stand up and let you in can you get past mm-hmm. them there should be different obstacles that define how difficult it is yeah. I think it would be a lot more impressive if he had to go through a dance floor
0: that is wow. always difficult. No I'm, way. Pretty, I'm pretty sure I've seen Hayley McQueen going walking through a dance floor <laughs> with a few porn star martinis in her hand. Yeah, so that chance. to me, <laughs> two for one happy hour. That to me is a lot more impressive.
2: <laughs> I've also heard the story though, Bianca, of when she ended up on the floor and Ronaldo had to get some glass out of her hand. So, oh yeah, sure. <laughs>
1: I've still got the scars of Champions League defeat to this day on my hand. That's right. There
0: are plenty more stories where that came from, but none that I can share on this podcast. <laughs> yeah.
2: Unfortunately, we don't have time. We're going to have to end it there. Um, tough luck for everyone listening, wanting to know some of those. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us though this week. Um, you can find us at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and Insta. Uh, Haley, how can people leave us a review?
1: Um, You just go to anywhere that you listen to this particular podcast and you basically go to the stars, click on five and tell us how amazing we are because we only accept kindness and flattery.
2: <laughs> yeah and Bianca on your mm. second appearance maybe we can get someone to leave one for you uh, what are you up to this weekend
0: I am at Peterborough I think they've got QPR this weekend so that should be a good game
1: and Hayley you in the studio I am can't remember what shift I'm doing or where I'm at I think I might be in on Sunday <laughs> afternoons I quite like it when I'm in on Super Sunday even though I know most people are probably not watching us I get to watch the games and update mm. them with a lovely guest in, in the studio
2: well in that case I'm going to play Hayley McQueen Sky Sports News Roulette and like just occasionally keep tuning in I might catch Bianca, I might catch you. Um, we'll oh, find look out for time my on interview. That
0: look out for my interview this week as well. Um I'm interviewing Pep uh, on Friday. So oh, yeah, cool. I'm, lo- oh. I'm looking forward to that. That'll be on soccer Saturday this weekend. Cool. I'm doing
2: this press conference this week actually, because I'm I'm doing the Brighton City game and I'm doing the Friday night under the lights, Arsenal against Villa as well. Oh that's um, so I can't oh. wait for that. Yeah, mm. yeah can't wait for that so I shall definitely be watching that Bianca thank you both have a good week and we'll speak next time yeah take care bye Bye. everyone
0: you've been listening to the Offside Rule part of the Athletic Podcast Network keep up to date with everything Offside at offsiderulepodcast.com and by following at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and Insta check out all of the Athletics football podcasts on Apple Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on the Athletic app the Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production